This is the Academic Survival Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Chandra McDonald. Statistics show that approximately 40% of students drop out of college every year. In fact, nearly 30% drop out their first year. Well, I am on a mission to improve these stats. Sometimes I would feel very overwhelmed because everything is so new and it's like a lot of cultural shocks, not what I had expected. But also on the other hand, I would feel just very lonely. And I think that's such a, a common experience for college students, you know, international or non-international, especially freshman year, I guess, you know, it's, it's the time when you adapt to things and you figure out how, how things work. But yeah, it was either overwhelming or it felt very lonely. And I think part of that was being an international student. And another part of it was coming into a new environment and, and trying to find my place. That's Andrea Koskai. She takes us on a journey as an international student, sharing her experiences and insights on surviving and thriving academically and personally. From navigating different cultures to finding a supportive community, her story is one of resilience and determination. So grab your headphones and get ready to be inspired as we delve into the world of Andrea Koskai on this episode of Academic Survival. Welcome to this episode of Academic Survival. Today I have with me Andrea Koskai, who experienced being an international student in the U.S. And so I have brought her to the show so that she can basically give some insight and some tips on how to transition to being a, a student that has come from abroad into the U.S. and what that academic experience is like. So, Andrea, welcome to the Academic Survival Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me here. And it's a pleasure to uh, to speak with you today because I think your podcast and your mission are so important and having international students be a part of that conversation is also essential. So, yeah, I thank you for giving us this platform. Absolutely. So then let's dive right in. But actually, before we get started, can you tell me a little bit about where, you, where you're where you coming in from today? <laughs> yes. So today I'm in Bucharest, Romania. It's the city where I'm from. <laughs> All right. So can you tell me where did you grow up and in what country was your high school? Yes. So I grew up in Romania as a just... Uh, I was just saying I grew up in Bucharest. It is Eastern Europe, so it's a totally different culture from the States. But actually, since I was little, I had a lot of, uh, I don't know, pop culture references, movies, obviously songs like celebrities. And also, I would say in politics, too, just a lot of influence from the West, mm -hmm. including the States. And it was it was amazing growing up here. Because, you know, Romanians, I would say, are so hardworking and so smart and so passionate. And so one of my personal passions because of growing up in this environment was foreign languages and traveling. My parents have a travel website. And so since I was little, we would go everywhere in Europe. And we hadn't gotten to the States yet, actually, before I moved there for, for college. But that combined with my passion for foreign languages really kind of made me super curious about the world and really eager to live somewhere else and discover other cultures. So 
When I was 16, I applied to two scholarships because actually a lot of Romanian kids, including high schoolers, they kind of have this wish of going abroad at least to study and maybe come back or stay there. So I, as uh, you know, a lot of high school kids here did the same. I applied to two scholarships. One was uh, one to come to the States for a one-year exchange program. And the other one was to go to an international high school. It's called UWC. Uh, spend two years there, uh, basically finish high school, take the international baccalaureate. And then, you know, whatever happens uh, after that is, is history. But I applied for both of these scholarships. I got both of them. And um, applying for the one for the States, that was kind of my dream. You know, I had this American dream idea that everyone does in the States and outside of the States as well. So I was extremely excited about that. But once I got to know more about UWC and how it's a longer time and you're in an international environment and so on and so forth, I I kind of went with that one. And the scholarship, I, I got it and they sent me to China. So couple years of high school, I did them in Romania, but the last years of high school, I did them all the way in China. Wow. So your scholarships are for, for high school education? Yes, both of them were. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then tell me what type of student you were when you were growing up. Ooh, I was a very hardworking, responsible student. And this is something I laugh about with my parents as well, because uh, I don't know, whenever I would have a moment that I slip up, say I get very obsessed with a boy band, like One Direction. <laughs> True story. And I spend too much time, I don't know, watching their videos or watching their interviews or just being, you know, a teenage fangirl. I remember this one conversation I had with my dad, which, as I was saying, we laugh about nowadays is he was kind of telling me, what you, what's happening with you? You're not hardworking anymore. You're not responsible anymore. You spend all your time on this boy band and you're supposed to study. So I felt really bad. I mean, I was enjoying, you know, my teenage self kind of silly boy band stories. But yeah, I would say partly because my parents always encouraged me to be responsible and to really care about education and school. But also, I'm the kind of person who who is, um, yeah, just just essentially responsible. And I was very passionate about the the opportunities that I could get. For example, you know, going abroad and having a different kind of education abroad. Just because I would say, in Romania, in the public educational system, it's very much theory based. So. You know, mm. you read something in a textbook, in the quiz, you have to write it exactly the same or even, you know, important national exams. So it, there's not a lot of critical thinking. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, independent thinking and maybe choosing your own passions and what you want to study about. So this was a way for me to get to that kind of system that would allow my mind to expand in that way. And then mm-hmm. also, you know, discover what I would be passionate about. So you... Um, had high school in Romania, and you also had high school in in China. Yeah. So in, in what way did that high school experience prepare you for college? Mm. Ooh, well, anyone who finished the International Baccalaureate will tell you that is really hard. 
Um, it's a, a very hard program that is based on these qualities that I was mentioning previously, critical thinking, independent thinking, um, a lot of, a lot of research goes into, into the work you're doing and it's very demanding. I went from being in a Romanian public system. Uh, I was at a bilingual school, which meant that I had a bunch of classes in English as well. Uh, so that transition wasn't necessarily the hardest, but still it was difficult. You know, and to going to having to think about, okay, what am I interested in? What kind of topic would I like to research? Uh, how am I going to write a 2000 word essay? That was really the, the huge problem for uh, all of us, you know, in our cohort, because that was a, a big step up from what I was doing before. Um, so it was a lot more demanding, I would say. Um, and coming to college in the States, Bennington College, which is where I graduated from, it's very, very liberal arts. Um, we don't even have grades, actually. We have to request getting grades uh, at the end of the term. <laughs> really? Yeah. So how do, how do you know how how well you did? Or does that, or is that not the point? <laughs> is, well, is it mostly about the experience? Yes, I would say that is a very Bennington way to put it, that it's about the experience. But no, I mean, you get pass or fail, but then you also get comments from your teacher and it's an ongoing conversation. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely expected college to be even more demanding than the International Baccalaureate. But also keeping in mind that, okay, I, I'm prepared for it. I've written, you know, long papers before. I've done this kind of research. So that helped immensely. But at the same time, I, I did find myself in a, an extremely liberal arts environment where, as I was saying, we don't have grades, where everything is very artsy. All students in Bennington College um, have very random majors paired up together. So, for example, one of my best friends, she studied dance and biology at the same time. And that happens in a lot of colleges, right? But in Bennington College, I would say it's they are intertwined very directly and students are really encouraged to find the connections between what they're studying even though maybe they seem extremely different yeah so it was uh it was a different type of environment it was not as typical as i expected mm -hmm. i love that because when i was in school i was a criminal justice major i wanted to be a probation officer <laughs> and then i had a part where i wanted to do interior design oh and those are like totally two different things, but it seems like if I was um, at a school that was uh, well, more liberal arts, I guess I probably would not have had some of the, that, you know, perhaps, I don't know, criminal justice would have been an option at a liberal arts school or not. Yes, but. 100%. <laughs> that was one of the downsides of it. It's, it's exactly right, because we had a lot of the practice, we had a lot of the conversations, and, and we were encouraged in that way to form ourselves and as individuals and these connections between what we were studying. But at the same time, the the theory part of it, or, you know, these majors that are very theory-based, mm -hmm. yeah, at, at that kind of level, we did not have available. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, but that's, uh, that's good to be able to, like, force you to make connections because that is a skill that just is basically, it's a good life skill to be able to, to draw connections Absolutely. through what you're learning. Mm -hmm. So did you think that your high school experience, did it fall short or fail you in any way in terms of preparing you for college? Hmm. Well, if I look at it in an academic way, 
No, I I felt totally prepared at Bennington. I actually found it quite, you know, easy in my first year. I think that's definitely due to also being in the International Baccalaureate in high school and going through those experiences. If I had come from a system in Romania, I'm not sure so much. But what I can say it did not prepare me for or what was incredibly different was the environment, the cultural aspects and the the social aspect, the social life um, mm. in Beddington. And that's because it's it's an American college, right? So compared to an international school where I went to, where everybody is from different countries, we all talk about each other's countries. And, you know, we even talk about it in class. And that's what the whole experience is about. I was kind of imagining that it would be a same experience at Bennington because there's a lot of international students, 30, if not 40%, depends on the cohort. But we're already a small community and, you know, very diverse, very diverse people. But what I found is that the curriculum, you know, whatever class you're taking is very American-centered. It's kind of rare to talk about different countries, even though that would be extremely beneficial for American students and for international students. Yes. And also that cultural shock of uh, creating connections and trying to build friendships and, you know, all types of, of connections with uh, American students. That was very different. So that's something that I was not expecting and I, I did not feel prepared for. And that, that made it really difficult uh, in my first year, especially so much that at some point to, I don't know, maybe in March of my second term, uh, I wanted to come back to Romania and I called my parents and I told them I really cannot do it anymore. And I think maybe it's better if I come back. And I go to an American university here and, you know, I just finished my education here because it was really tough. So uh, what was it that sparked your desire to leave your home country or I guess at that point, maybe even China and pursue an education in the United States? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's a very good question. And I think a lot of Romanian students or International students, let's say that because uh, I really hope this is, you know, helpful and applicable for a lot of international students. Of course, we all have different stories, but yeah. So, I mean, from when I was growing up, I don't know, I was in primary school, middle school. I always had the idea in my mind that I will be leaving Romania and that I will probably be just completely moving somewhere else when, when I graduate high school and when I go off to college. Initially, the plan was to go to the UK. I mean, you know, it's it's much closer. The education there is also really great, but you also have that advantage of being close with your family and I guess still being in the in the more familiar European context. So yeah, in, in my head I had it that I will go to the UK, I'll study there, I'll live there. I even had this picture in my head that when I'm 18 and I'll be moving, I'll be like you know, on those stairs when you go up to the plane and I'll be waving to my parents from up there like, bye. <laughs> I definitely had this in my head. Um, and yeah, I mean, it seemed like all planned out almost to the point where I didn't even see it as an option to stay in Romania. So as I was going through middle school and high school and finding more opportunities, these came my way, you know, the ones that I was telling you about telling uh, you about earlier, um, the one to do the one-year exchange in the U.S. and then the other one to to go to an international high school. 
that ended up happening. And I mean, it was, I have to say, whoever's listening to this and maybe knows someone who is in high school and wants that kind of experience, I 100% recommend UWC. It's uh, United World Colleges. They're all over the world. They're a network of colleges. And you get a scholarship essentially to to study there for two years and have this amazing experience from kids from around the world. It really changed my mind, how I think. I developed so, so much. And, you know, I also had a taste of freedom for the first time because (laughs) I didn't have much of that when I was here. I couldn't really go to parties a lot or things like that. So that helped, uh, you know, enhance the experience. Um, and once I got a taste for that, I, I definitely wanted to explore what else is out there. And I think the United States is, I mean, obviously, it's a country that has so many opportunities. People, most people, a lot of people, not everyone, um, especially with everything that's going on recently, but a lot of people are open minded and many industries are very developed. So, and I think, uh, what's even more important than that as an 18 year old thinking of how my education will, you know, unfold for undergraduate studies. I was thinking which place can offer me more of that freedom and more of, um, the opening to opportunities and doing things differently, you know, doing things in a more uh, maybe dynamic way, less traditional way, which um, is available everywhere else. But as I was telling you, Bennington has like a very unique kind of education. um, And I don't think I would have gotten that uh, anywhere else. And it did help me gain a lot of life skills, like you were saying as well. These are not just, you know, academic skills, they're life skills. So Right. Um, it was a great, a great option. So, so where in the U.S. is Bennington College located? It's in Vermont. It's in Bennington, Vermont. What support systems are available for international students? Mm-hmm. That's a tricky one because I would say things have changed a lot since I was in my freshman year. They had to change. It was not necessarily in the best circumstances that those changes had to take place. But they did. So I would say in, in my first year, it was mostly community based people around you, um, you know, other international students. Um, I actually didn't have that many American friends <laughs> when I was in college. And a lot of us can relate to that. A lot of international students, we were kind of mingling with each other and wow. also having like a couple of American friends. And yeah, I think it's a very interesting case because in most most uh, colleges or universities, there aren't even that many international students. So maybe you don't even think about that or realize it. But here, because there were so many of us, I mean, it was kind of uh, visible. Yes. So uh, freshman year, it was a lot uh, community based, I would say. Um, starting... What do you mean by, what does that mean, community based? Just you forming your own support through the friendships that you have outside of school or okay yes that and also I would say um teachers are very important uh you know professors who are international as well to kind of have that uh maybe mentor and to have that person who's guiding you and you know you're seeing them they also came from a different country and they're in the states and they're dealing with the same you know cultural shocks maybe to an extent so that that is extremely helpful actually my chinese teacher who i love so so much she she's just i mean amazing such a sweet 
kind, smart woman. Uh, she was one of my biggest support systems. Um, and she was always someone that I could go to and that would understand me and that would maybe be my, I don't know, second mother away from home and encouraging me and, and things like that. So that's how it started out. But then in later years, there was a lot more focus from our international student office and, you know, a lot more resources even being put into helping international students feel more adapted, more supported, etc. So there was a like a resource center on campus then? Yeah, there's an international student office. And I think they got a lot more resources starting a few years ago which, you know, helped, for example, create more events for, for example, there's international students that stay over the winter on Christmas because they can't go back home. So then now there's some funding that they can do a little trip to Albany and they can go to an international supermarket and they can do a potluck or, you know, they're maybe connected with some teachers on campus. So there was a lot more, more attention paid to that. You know, therapy, all those kinds of things are also available. Yeah, but it's tricky. It's yeah. it is difficult. It is challenging also for for the school, but I think once you commit to having that amount of international students, obviously it's great for the diversity and it also helps national students to kind of get that insight from all over the world, but you also really need to take care of them because it's a it's a difficult time. Yeah, and I and and that's you you bring up something that um is also key. It also gives the students that are in their home country an opportunity to to learn as well mm-hmm. as the person who is is the international student. So tell me, what was your major in college and and what degree did you earn? I studied uh, media. So I did a bit of podcasting, uh, a bit more of podcasting. I did video um, and I was also really focused on women's issues. I was uh, and I am very passionate about that. But I think that's that's where it started. It started in college and that was due to classes, but that was also due to kind of um, raising my consciousness about just but the issues that are around and that have always been around. Um, so I actually started a nonprofit while I was in college. Um, the first nonprofit in Romania that focuses on young women's leadership through networking. And I got a wow. lot of support for it from the college as well and from teachers and with the fellowship. So I was, I was so, so incredibly grateful for that. That was very meaningful. Wow. Nonprofit, the first one for women's leadership in Romania. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. We'll have to hear a little bit more about that before we end. So then while you're in the U.S. um, and you're going through, you know, you're getting your, you're earning your degree here. Like in what way was it different from the, that you think it would be different from earning a degree in Romania? Yeah. Um, That is a great question because that's something that I was asking myself a lot, actually, while being in college, while being in the States, you know, I think everyone wonders what what could have been like whatever situation you're in. Um, But I had a lot of conversations with my friends and I still see it nowadays. Um, I would say that, again, it's very much like the transition from high school to university in Romania. It's it's still the same kind of mentality. So it's very much theory based. Um, there is an element of, uh, you know, 
practice as well, but it's very limited and it's, it's more so just to have it on paper. So, um, at the end of the day, I think people here, they gain a lot more experience and a lot more insight and everything by, um, actually, I don't know, getting a job or doing something more practical, maybe freelancing or doing these kinds of projects that would help them gain experience on the job. Um, and as they are, they're doing, cause that's, that's the best way to learn. But yeah, it's, uh, um, I think it depends on the school too, because there's some programs that are amazing. So I'm talking from my perspective as a media student, what would have been in uh, maybe journalism school or communication school, PR, these kinds of areas. But our medicine school is really, really good. Um, you know, uh, law, all of these kinds of, uh, majors and paths that students can take. These ones are amazing, uh, over here at the universities. And actually, there's a bunch of international students coming to Romania to study these, uh, these, yeah, these careers. So it depends a lot on what you're studying. Okay. Did you have any experiences of feeling overwhelmed while you were in college? I know you had mentioned that at one point there's a, there was a, like an international support also inc included like therapy if it was needed. So mm -hmm. like, did you experience feeling overwhelmed in any way while you were here? Yeah, I would say so. Overwhelmed. And then it, it was at two ends of the spectrum, right? Like sometimes I would feel very overwhelmed because everything is so new and it's like a lot of cultural shocks, not what I had expected. But also on the other hand, I would feel just very lonely. And I think that's such a, a common experience for college students, you know, international or non-international, especially freshman year, I guess, you know, it's, it's the time when you adapt to things and you figure out how, how things work. But yeah, it was either overwhelming or it felt very lonely. And I think part of that was being an international student. And another part of it was coming into a new environment and, and trying to find my place. Um, because I do have some national, like, friends from the States that did have those feelings as well. And uh, yeah. I hear a lot of people having these conversations and yeah, maybe we don't have them enough while we're in that moment, unfortunately, but now, you know, we're freely talking about it, of course. So where did you turn for emotional support? I know you mentioned that you had a teacher that you kind of felt like she was a mother figure for you. So where did you turn for emotional support and like, what would you recommend for other uh, international students. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say, I mean, that that is an amazing example because my, my Chinese teacher was like a, a mother figure and that was extremely important. So, you know, as much as you can rely on that, um, whoever, uh, whatever professor you have that you feel a great connection with and and you see that they they do also want to get close to you and they do treat their students in that way, you know, in a in a close manner to to support them and to mentor them and to guide them. Uh, that's extremely important. So try to take advantage of that. Um, I know it's more difficult in other places. You know, Bennington is like such a small community and there's, I don't know, 10 of us in a class, maximum 20. So it's it's not that hard to be able to get some time with your teacher. Um, 
But yeah, even if you don't have those opportunities, I mean, try to go to office hours. Yeah, see what what is available. And if you go to those office hours, you you can talk about, of course, your work, but maybe also some things that connect you with the, the professors that that kind of person that would do that. Um, that's very important. Um, also, of course, um, everyone on campus who um, you can also connect with. So that can be other international students, of course, who share your experience, but also other, um, you know, American students. Um, I had a friend who really loved Romanian culture and actually her grandma was Romanian. So, you know, having that little piece of home and having her be so excited about Romania and me telling her about it was so, so important. So, yeah, I mean, be open talking about your country, where you're from, talking about your experiences in general. And I think you'll attract the kind of people who want to know more about that and appreciate you for your, you know, authentic self and, and be curious about it and celebrate that with you. Um, actually, one time we also had a, a Romanian dinner that was done by the chef in our school. He is just amazing. Chef Steve, he really takes time with international students uh, when maybe it's a national day or maybe for specific religious holidays. He really takes the time to do something authentic and traditional and plan in advance and again, just celebrate with you. So oh, that's um, special. Yeah, it's beautiful and really special. Like like you're saying, I'm very grateful that we had people like that. So um, yeah, whoever you see that has that kind of opening and don't be hesitant to rely on people at home. They want to know how you're doing. They want to stay in touch with you, um, your family, but also your friends. So yeah, be open with them. And they they know you really well for who you are. In the States or back home in your country, you know, they, they really know you. And it's important to stay close with that, especially when you first go into a new environment where people don't really know you. You haven't created memories with them. Um, it's good to keep your your people close. Yeah. So you mentioned about um, you mentioned Vermont with Bennington College being really, really small. Yes. How did you find this small college in the United States? That was another difficult part of it. <laughs> I'll have to tell you that. <laughs> because I come from Romania and in Bucharest. I'm sorry. I said Romania so many times. I come from Bucharest, which is the capital of the country. It's a big city. I was very used to that. Then in China, I went to a city called Changshu, which... For Chinese people, it's considered a village, but it has 2 million people and a bunch of okay. shopping malls. <laughs> um, but we were living, I mean, our campus is on an artificial island uh, that they built for the school, actually. That's a different story. Uh, but it still felt smaller, right? It, it, it didn't feel as big as the capital. So that was something that I had to adapt to. And from that, I went to Bennington which is, you know, very small town, just has the Main Street and the Walmart and Staples. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Chili's. Oh, that Chili's, that was uh, that was my place to go to, <laughs> especially in the, the last years of living from there. I mean, it was the, the coolest restaurant in town, right? Um, yeah, so that was one thing to, to adapt to for sure. You know, I think the walkability, is another thing, but that doesn't necessarily depend on the size of the city and states. 
But yeah. how, but how did you hear about it though? Like, were you were you doing research based upon like the major you wanted to study? I'm just kind of curious. Like, how did you find this small school? <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's um, it was a funny story because I had just finished all of my exams. I had got into a few schools in the UK, so I was like, okay, that's the plan, right? And my college counselor sent me this this message that hey, there's this college, kind of small community they're looking for more uwc students specifically because mm. um there's a bunch of international students but also a bunch of uwc international students yeah so i applied to it actually after i finished my uh high school exams and i think i got the news maybe two weeks later at most and i just became more and more interested in what it has to offer because as you can tell it's very unique I was not completely decided on what I wanted to do and in the UK it's a much more you know direct this is what it is this is what you're studying kind of program so yeah I really enjoyed the the flexibility and the opening that the Ah. education at Bennington can offer okay Mm -hmm. and then what about studying and study locations like did you ever have a, a favorite place to study I think I would alternate. So because I if I'm in one place for too long, I need to I need to change it up. Like my brain just gets stuck. But definitely the the library. I mean, okay, kind of boring answer, but a specific place in the library, if you know Bennington College is where the fish tank is, that's a really cool place to study. <laughs> and it's yeah, it's very calm and you can see out the window. So when it's winter and it's really cold, but it's really beautiful from the inside. So that was one I really loved. Um, and also Commons is a building that was recently renovated. Uh, it's kind of the main, not really administrative building, but that's where the dining hall is. And that's where a lot of classes are and things like that. And it has this beautiful conference room that has a window from top, from the ceiling to the bottom <laughs> of the floor. Um, and it's just gorgeous because again, you have that view of Vermont in the winter or in the summer too, when it's, it's still beautiful when it's not cold. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just a really nice place to hang with your friends or, you know, to co-work. So your, your experience is, is in the United States for college. What did you learn about yourself that you did not already know? Mm. Um, if I look at it academically, I was super excited about radio when I was little. So I would just be in my room on my computer, pretending I'm DJing and talking to myself as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have my dad come in the room and say, Hey, I told you to not talk to strangers on the internet. So I'm like, no, I'm DJing. You don't understand. I'm on the radio here. <laughs> so, I mean, I was very passionate about that. And that's something that I was definitely considering to to do as a career. But coming to, to Bennington, I took a course in podcasting my first year. And that changed everything. I mean, I was instantly so excited about it. So passionate. The first ever, you know, mini exercise that we did, I listened back to it. It's horrible. <laughs> but <laughs> you've got to start from somewhere. And I have to say that by the end of the year, I created my first ever mini podcast, 10 minutes. Um, it's called Whose Choice is My Choice? And it's about reproductive rights 
And I'm looking at it from a religious lens, from a multicultural lens, a political lens. I even spoke with um, this religious organization called Catholics for Choice, uh, which was uh, a very surprising name and mission for me because, you know, it's, it's clearly even labeled in the name. So it was my first experience of going through that research, you know, kind of journalistic process of uh, building the story and talking to people and, and trying to also make sense of what I had personally experienced, what the women in my life have experienced. My mom, I interviewed my mom and my grandma. Um, so it was just a very special piece. And it, it gave me so much satisfaction and so much joy because that was an opportunity for me to share about myself and to share about my ideas and what I care about and also where I come from and how at the end of the day, it's so related to where I am now through that podcast. I mean, reproductive rights, you know, everything that, that is going on in the U.S. In Romania, during communism, uh, abortion was illegal. So many, many women died and mm. there were many illegal abortions that went on. So, I mean, seeing that in the news kind of made me think, hello, have you not seen what has happened in other parts of the world? I mean, this is this is so important and we might be, you know, super far away from each other and have different languages and different cultures. But this is such a common issue. And to be to to be able to learn from other people's mistakes and to not repeat that and and you know to care about what happens in other countries is so important because we all share these humans experiences so yeah getting that avenue um and that kind of channel to to express these thoughts and also communicate that with other people through podcasts was something that just changed everything for me. And that's why I stayed so passionate about it too throughout college. Now I work in podcasting. I worked as a freelancer and as a producer, uh, created independently too. And I'm not sure how much I would have learned about that in Romania just because the industry is so underdeveloped. And right now what's most popular is celebrity podcasts, which is such a shame because there's so many beautiful things that you can do with it, like what you are doing and what many people many other people are doing as independent creators or networks. So I don't think I would have been here. And uh, that would have been a shame because I absolutely love this. Yeah. So the next question, you kind of already answered it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So now <laughs> that you have your education from the U.S., what are you pursuing with it? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely kept going with uh, podcasting just because, like I said, it, I, I found that thing that allowed me to express myself and all of these ideas. Um, I created a few more pieces. Uh, one of them is called Collective, and it talks about the health system in Romania, the public health system, and how because of the issues within it, um, there was a, a fire in a nightclub in 2015 where many people died. Um, it was at a concert and the, the fireworks that they had for like the, the live show or whatever, they lit a spark on, um, on some foam, whatever. It was really, really bad. And 
I mean, a lot of people had very bad burns, but they got to the hospital, right? Like they, they hadn't passed away or they, they were still in a condition where they could have been saved. But because of the public health system, because of corruption, because of many issues, um, you know, the, the tragedy was even bigger. So, um, you know, that's something else that I put into my work and I'm just finding it as an amazing avenue to, to stay connected and to put my experiences into the world and then also to put other people's, uh, you know, experiences into, yeah, into, uh, people's headphones, <laughs> I guess, directly. It's such a beautiful thing, podcasting, because if you think about it, it's an entire world in your headphones and you can really hear stories from anywhere in the world, conversations with people who have such amazing stories and who are real, breathing, living humans, you know, somewhere on this earth. Uh, and we have the privilege to witness those conversations and those stories. Um, and it's just, I think, like limitless what you can do, especially from, um, you know, storytelling perspective. So if you were designing a support system specifically for international students, what would it include? Mm. I would say it would start uh, definitely with uh, therapy. <laughs> it's very important for everyone. For every, every person on this earth should go to therapy. It's, it's really important. Um, but yeah, being able to process those emotions with a professional. And I can tell you, my... Uh, grandpa passed away while I was in the States at college. And oh, wow. yeah, it was, it was a tough experience, but thankfully I was extremely lucky and not many people have this opportunity or this chance, but I got to go home and go to his funeral and be with my family for a little bit. So, you know, but that was really tough and being in the space where I knew I had therapy, I knew I had my therapist who genuinely cared about me to process all these emotions with you know, grieving for, for the first time at that extent was incredibly important. And being away from your family for, you know, four years, the course of a, a college program, a lot of things can happen back home. And uh, yeah, being able to process that with someone is very important. Then I would say funding into community building, what I was saying earlier, is so important creating events where people can celebrate each other's cultures whether that's i don't know parties with music from their home country or maybe again a potluck with food from different countries yeah a trip maybe to i don't know to an international supermarket or to a location that has more diversity than than a small town too yeah at the end of the day that that's super super important so that's another thing i would say and then i think it's worth talking about opportunities that international students have and kind of need more access to because coming to a new country if you don't have relatives there if you don't have friends it's hard to get the hang of okay how do you network how do you find people who are passionate about what you're passionate about who will give you an internship who uh you know these kinds of things will open opportunities for you uh will share their wisdom will mentor you that is extremely important so having guidance on that is definitely a priority because you know 
I mean, coming to the States to study, you hope you also want to get some work experience and want to get a hang of what the culture is like, the work culture and, you know, yeah, do internships, have some gigs here and there. Really important and really tough to do that when you don't know anyone. And then I would say one last really important thing that I can think of is accommodating for their needs because of a lot of students staying over the winter break, you know, staying over the summer break, many, many students. So giving them housing, giving them storage space, kind of creating that environment for them where things can just be simple and easy so that they can focus on what they really need to focus on, which is studying and, you know, kind of figuring out where they're going next and doing what what they came to do at college, like like everyone else, when you don't have to worry about those kinds of things. That is extremely helpful. And it allows you to really explore your potential as much as possible and even give back more to the community, you know, and yeah. That's great. That's great. Uh, therapy and <laughs> community building and opportunities for networking and accommodations for their special needs, especially during the winter and summer. That's awesome. Oh, and one more thing I would say is expanding the curriculum and diversifying the curriculum to include just broader perspectives and not have it be, you know, centered just around one culture because everybody learns from that. If you were going to write a post on social media, giving international students three tips to survive their first year of college mm. in the U.S., <laughs> what would your post say? I think number one, it would say to bring some food from home or something from home that, you know, reminds you of your family or, um, I don't know, even the teddy bear you used to sleep with when you were a kid. <laughs> I think those things are so important, you know, pictures and physical objects that keep your heart close to where you come from. And <laughs> was that too cheesy? <laughs> no, that's so good. <laughs> but that's, that's mean, yeah. Yeah. You said to keep your heart close. Yeah, that is really good. Continue. <laughs> You've got three of them. That's your first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You really need that when you're away. Especially the food. Yeah, if you have a favorite food to have for yourself, but also to share with other people, that's the most beautiful thing, honestly. Or like even little magnets or postcards that you can bring for your future friends. That will be really beautiful. Second of all, I would say is take as much advantage of the resources on campus. Whether that is, as we were saying, um, I don't know, a fellowship, therapy. I mean, from the most from the littlest thing you can think of to to the biggest thing. Take advantage of those opportunities. Don't be shy to seek them out, to ask for them, and to, you know, even ask upperclassmen, you know, juniors, seniors, sophomores, whatever, to ask them, okay, what what resources did you use and what do you recommend for me? It's it's really important. I mean, for example, we have these Facebook groups, Bennington Rideshare or like a little marketplace. And it's important to be to be included in those and take advantage of them when when you need those resources. And the third thing, um, I I would just reiterate the idea of staying close with people from home. And not necessarily from home. As I mentioned that I studied in China as well for two years, I really built some 
very deep connections there. And I know it's difficult for a lot of people and in general, it's difficult to stay in touch and, you know, but doing, making that effort changes everything, especially in your first year of college when, as I was saying, you're building those connections and making memories. And sometimes it's, it's really about being in a new place where no one knows you, truly knows you. And you kind of having to open yourself up, which is fine, but you really want to just be around people that know you, <laughs> uh, sometimes. So yeah, make sure to, to keep that close to, to yourself because it's important to stay connected to who you are and who you are becoming as well. So the, the next question that I have for you, I already know the answer to, and that is, do you plan on leaving the United States now that you have your degree, <laughs> but you've already left? <laughs> yes, I have, <laughs> but I did stay for a while. I, I stayed for a bit and I can tell you that I, I am also planning to maybe come back someday, not someday that far off in the future, maybe in a few years. But when I graduated, I definitely wanted to stay at least for a couple years in the States. And that's what I did because I lived very much in a bubble when you're in college. You don't really know what, what's outside of that, especially for me coming in and just experiencing the culture on campus. I didn't understand or know what it's like to live on your own in the States. And so I did that and we, we lived in LA, me and my husband. And it was a great experience. We loved LA. We went there for an internship one time. We stayed in Glendale where it's like literally like in the movies and you have that view. And we went from a Vermont winter to <laughs> Glendale in January and it was amazing. So we really wanted yeah. to come back. Second time around, I mean, we stayed in K-Town. It was not like in the movies, but it was still a, just a wonderful experience. And LA is the place in the States where I felt most like home. I cannot tell you why. I really don't know what it is about it, but it's really the place I felt most comfortable in. And it's closest to my heart. Uh, I can't even say it's similar to Romania. <laughs> Clearly, I can't say it's similar to anything in Europe, really. Let's say Boston is, is closer to Europe, right? But um, yeah. yeah. But maybe it's a, do you think maybe it was a diversity? No. As far as like you, you having like the international experience, like going to an international yeah. school, maybe the the diversity in it might be in, in LA. But also New York City, I didn't like as much. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe because New York City is just too hectic. So, you know, that's something you really have to commit to. <laughs> yeah, it it might have definitely been uh, a part of that too. So yeah, it was just a great experience. But as you know, and you know, as everyone knows, the U.S. has its many issues as well. And I actually had a time in college, maybe in my sophomore year, where I was thinking, okay, came from Romania. I left from there because I was looking for something better. I went to China. I wasn't going to live there because it's so far and because it has its own issues too. I came to the States and now I'm finding issues here. Where am I going to go? Where am I going to live? <laughs> you know, I actually had this expectation that I would find the place. Sure, it wouldn't be perfect, but maybe the minuses would compensate and it would be everything that I need. But yeah, at the end of the day, the, the States has um, a lot of issues that I feel like come in between with how you're living your life and life quality. How often can you go to the doctor and not be in debt or, you know, pay for a health insurance, be able to afford that? How often can you go somewhere and not pay for something? You know, just, I don't know, maybe 
take a walk or do a nice activity with uh, your friends or your family and not have to pay, you know? Um, I feel like, yeah, just capitalism is at another level in the States. <laughs> Basically, that's why. <laughs> that's what I'm that's trying hilarious. to get at. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it's it's at a level where I think it it comes with your life quality and it takes time away from your family and from having hobbies or from doing things you love, you know, and the hustle culture is real and it's real everywhere. But yeah, it's just it's difficult. And I think also what we needed me and my husband, because he was also away from home for a long time, after seven years of being away from home, uh, and accomplishing a lot of things in the States, and also, you know, in Romania, accomplishing things from far away, we really needed to come back home or come me come back home and have things just be easier you know so we can recharge be close to family have that opportunity to reconnect with them you know help my nonprofit more because there's only so much i can do from a distance everything that we do is remote and um yeah i i really felt the need to reconnect with where i'm from and also when i say make things easy i i don't just mean oh having things easier i mean having that kind of comfort and stability and other parts of my life fulfilled, such as family, to be able to really give my all and my best in what I do, in, you know, choosing what I want to do next, and how I give back to people with the nonprofit. Because also being international students, not having a strong support system far away makes it so that it's not very stable and you're always kind of in between things and just reaching more like survival mode than thriving or, you know, enjoying things and yeah, exploring your potential. So that was a lot of words there, a lot of uh, explanations. I don't know if it was the most coherent, but I think the experience itself and the feelings are not the most direct it's complex yeah yeah so you mentioned um you know leaving romania and then going to china and then the united states and how like you just couldn't really find the ideal uh, the ideal situation every place had its its challenges but the thing about that is that it gives you an opportunity to impact to to make change um, where where it's possible. So my final question for you is, in what way, if any, are you impacting the lives of others? Yeah, well, I can talk a bit about the nonprofit that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's called Her Time Romania. And it's really focused on encouraging young women towards leadership, as I was saying, through networking. So what that really means is showing them role models, showing them other women and what they have accomplished in different domains, giving them opportunities that are free and accessible through webinars, through competitions, um, and then also kind of encouraging them to think about their position in the world and to think about the, the issues that are around, but also how they can overcome them. So we're also very keen on um, informing our audience about 
feminism and gender equality and pay gap and uh, you know affordable childcare how roles are distributed in the family based on gender. So um, yeah, there's there's a lot of issues that go into it and we come at it from these different avenues because we think that if we don't talk about these issues that are at the core of a woman's life, how are we going to talk about leadership? Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't talk about, you know, maybe a woman being not even sexually harassed at the office, but even let's say she's asked at an interview, when are you going to have kids? When are you planning to have kids? You know, or maybe someone interrupting them, a man interrupting them, or, you know, just just being a woman. <laughs> um, how can we talk about that if we don't talk about the problems at the base of everything, including, you know, women and minorities, including Roma women here who are, uh, definitely have a different experience lgbtq uh, community disabled women it's really important for us to look at all of these uh intersections and all of these identities that at the end of the day make up who gets more access to opportunities who gets more access to networking who even understands what these terms mean you know and um yeah i talk to high school girls that tell me um, they want to study law in university and they're, I don't know, maybe they just started high school, they're 14. And they tell me, I don't know, their dad or someone in their family told them, um, you want to be a lawyer? You know, maybe you want to do something else. There's not that many uh, female lawyers. And that that stuff actually happens. And it does influence people's lives. Um, and even though, you know, we have the internet where we can connect with with uh, other people they can see role models they can have access to these ideas that are outside of the traditional way of thinking a very limited way of thinking that still has an impact on them and it's important to have that kind of community of support that offers them those resources and that knowledge and that encouragement that they can do whatever they want to do and here's someone telling you exactly how to do it who actually did it themselves and looks like you and can you can even connect with them on LinkedIn and you know it it just yeah goes on after that yeah that's great work that Thank is you. awesome work where can people find you if they want to learn more about the your nonprofit or if they want to support you where can they find you so you can connect with me on Twitter actually I just started going on Twitter recently and I never did that before um but everyone in the podcasting space is on there some people are not even on LinkedIn but they're on Twitter so I said okay I need to get on there so you can connect with me there <laughs> at Andrea Koskai on my LinkedIn on um uh, you know via email uh, andreakoskai at bennington.edu if you'd like to chat about Anything else that we talked about today, I'm very happy to. And um, the nonprofit is Her Time Romania on all social media platforms. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this podcast and being able to give international students some tips on how to survive their first year of college. And then thank you for the work that you're doing with women in leadership. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show and for giving me the platform to to talk about these issues because yeah like I said it's so important and yeah the more we talk about it and we do have these conversations about our different experiences the more we all learn at the end of the day so thank you again 
All right. Well, thank you so much for coming to the Academic Survival Podcast and for providing all this insight and tips on how international students, especially uh, freshmen international students, can, can survive their first year of college. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you. That's it for today on Academic Survival. If you want to share your story on how you survived your freshman year of college, you can reach me at info at ChandraLMcDonald.com. We'll be back next week with more ways to survive your academic journey. Until then, happy studying.